0: Shout out to my boys Alex Klingen and Brandon Dominguez for the tunes. We appreciate you guys out there grinding, doing your music thing out there with us versus you. Thank you guys.
1: Hey, this is Matt Fallon here in Sacramento with my friend Chris. We're starting our podcast here, Spider Two Y Banana, in honor of the great Coach Gruden. Uh, we're here to talk to you about the Oakland. Uh, uh, I'm going to say it many times. <laughs> I think the Oakland Raiders. Uh, We're here to talk to you about the new Las Vegas Raiders. we got the first game coming up in Allegiant Stadium this Monday. Uh, So, Chris, I'm happy we're doing this, buddy. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while. What did you think about that first game we had there on Sunday? Um, Did you think that the Raiders played well? Did you think it was a little less than you
0: expected? What was your overall thoughts about that game? Yeah, well, first off, just got to say I'm thrilled that we finally got this podcast up and running. Definitely looking forward to it, seeing where it goes. But uh, when I think about last week, I think the team, they obviously played well enough to win because they did. Um, ultimately, the, the offense is what stood out to me. The O-line played terrific. They had a 95 grade from Pro Football Focus, which was the second highest of the entire NFL, even with the injuries that they sustained. And Derek Carr was the least pressured quarterback. Um, and I think that showed he played a very effective game. And Josh Jacobs freaking stole the show. That, that guy's a stud. The defense, though uh it was there it was garbage it they were it was awful um except that last stand that they had was that was nice to to watch them stop a fullback on a fourth and inches um that was pretty spectacular but other than that the defense is definitely uh worrisome especially as we head into week two
1: yeah I mean I think the Raiders with that as I'm going to build on your defense comment It, it sucks because they had such a young defense last year. And I felt like towards the end of the year, they kind of hit their stride. I mean, I could be wrong there, but like, you know, we were in, you know, most of those games to end the last, the three last games of the uh, season last year. And uh, to have like a bunch of second year guys coming in and then a bunch of rookies, like Mm I had, you know, you know, uh, Abrams, basically a rookie out there, but he missed the whole season last year. And you had, you know, a starting corner in our net. That's a rookie and they didn't get a camp really, you know? Mm -hmm. So, It's kind of tough to like for me to evaluate them after one week. And I was impressed with them for a few series there. And then it's like, you know, it's kind of like when you have a cut, you know, and you like finally stop the bleeding and then like, you know, you, you nick it on something and it just starts bleeding again, you know? And that's kind of how I felt. I was like, you know, watching them and I'm like, you know what? They're starting to play a little bit, you know, decent. And then a blown coverage and Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. goes sprinting down the sideline for 75 yards. And
0: yeah, on that like... one, there was, it was the blown coverage on our net. I Anderson just cooked him, And then I, I believe it was Eric Harris just took an awful angle at it. I mean, here I am, a you know, like what they call a Twitter GM. So it's not like I can go out there and do much better, but you know, our job's to analyze it. And that was a horrific angle that he took, which allowed Anderson to, walk into well, the end zone.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you and I you and I wouldn't be in position to even take a bad angle. We'd be 20 yards away. So, I am just, you know, I have a hard time, you know, like I I've been critical. Everyone knows me on Twitter, you know, I'm critical of the Raiders uh, quite a bit and uh, you know, I know I can't do better. So, I'm like, you know, but the thing is I uh,
0: you know, I didn't blame net too much on that play. He's a rookie. And uh, actually going and back, that's and that's going to happen when when you play that position as good as you can be. Like you could find clips of Charles Woodson and guys like that just getting toasted. It's it's a part of the business. It's going to happen. Well, I mean, they had a clip on
1: Twitter circulating earlier in the year, and it was uh, the Charles Woodson's first game, and he was just getting cooked the whole oh, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and corners the toughest position position to translate. Like I'm a draft nick guy, and um, you can see a guy in college that is just a lockdown corner. He gets in the throws and you know it's just a different speed Mm -hmm. and so you know joe brady the offensive coordinator for the panthers he actually going back and watching the all 22 he baited uh damon arnett into that play uh two quarters earlier he had they ran a play where uh anderson actually ran the route and then and then they go back to the play Mm -hmm. where he scored and he did the route he faked that same route so Arnett was just being a little overly aggressive there and that's that's again, it's just a rookie.
0: Like he took the bait, you know mm-hmm. they 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 took it and they hung it right in front of him, and he which just pounced. That's, so. that's one thing with Arnett though that I really did like from what I saw in Week One was his aggressiveness. He was fearless going in for hits. I would like to see him wrap up a little more and bring the guy down, but he he definitely wasn't shying away from contact, which was a pleasant sight to see coming from a DB. And then. I know I said overall it was garbage, but there definitely were some bright spots. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Abram, oh my goodness, that guy is... he is. I saw a tweet, and I—it's slipping my mind who tweeted it. So shout out to whoever tweeted this. It, it was exact summary of my thoughts. Jonathan Abram is everything that I expected Mike Mitchell to be when the Raiders drafted him several years ago. Uh, I remember that too.
1: I just can't think of who it was, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought so too. You know, and that's what Al Davis would have liked. So it's mm-hmm. kind of nice. It's kind of nice when you have um you know, Gruden back where he's kind of he is kind of dipping into the well where it's like, you know, Al Davis would have drafted this guy, you know, and yeah. I feel like we yeah. have we have two we have two of them with him Aver and Ruggs. Ruggs. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so we just talked a lot about the defense there. Um I know the offense scored 34 points, but in my mind, I didn't feel like the offense was even 100 percent on mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, I thought like, um, you know, They struggled a little bit to uh, execute in certain situations. But then, you know, when they needed a third down conversion, I can't remember the exact number because I don't have it in front of me. But at one point in the game, they were eight for 13 on third downs. Um, But uh, so that's a big positive. What would you think like on offense? What did you think was like the biggest negative that the Raiders had on Sunday?
0: For me, it, it was that that opening drive. I was a little nervous. I believe they went three and out right away, and, yeah. and that that was a little worrisome. I was just thinking, man, like this is what happens when you don't get a preseason. And then it, all of a sudden, like it was just like as soon as after that first possession, and they got the nervous jitters out, they were just gelling like they've been playing for four weeks. Like that's the normal situation. So, I think once they got the jitters out, everything was was rolling just fine. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there. And it was a little bit stressful when, you know, you're down 3-0 and Carolina pretty much drove right down the field to start the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, and then they came back out and they scored the touchdown, and make it 7-3. Kind of eased us a little bit there, I think. That's how I felt. So I kind of had to hold off on the beer so I can enjoy the third quarter.
0: So.
1: <laughs> but um, Which we'll yeah. be
0: touching on on that subject of beer a little bit later on, if, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? I, I think we got something in here
1: <laughs> we um so one thing i was gonna um, bring up to you you know is you know the saints were obviously going into a match up here we'll get on to the uh monday night football match is why we're here uh we're going into face a team that is probably in my opinion top five in football right now um really? the raiders have the raiders haven't beat a team like that in what gruden's tenure yeah. and since he's been here so uh i, I posted it the other day but you know, in Derek Carr's career, and it's not all on him because that's what I guarantee I'll get a tweet about it. You're a Derek Carr hater, but I'm not saying it's all on Derek Carr. Um, it's mostly a Raider stat, but they're, I think he's 4-29 versus playoff teams uh, in his career, um, which is, you know, teams that make the playoffs the year that we play them. So, like, mm-hmm. Chicago last year, even, even though they made the playoffs prior, they wouldn't count. So I do anticipate the Saints making the playoffs. So, um, I'll include
0: them in that statistic. So the Raiders, yeah, because when the Raiders beat the Saints in 2016, the Saints didn't they finish seven and nine that year and miss the playoffs? Yeah, so we were actually
1: only three three point underdogs going into that game. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we had a really we didn't really have a great year prior. We were seven and nine as well. So, um, that the game where Michael Crabtree caught the two point conversion, so it wasn't exactly an easy game on
0: the Raider fans' hearts. I got a question for you though cuz you were saying you think Saints right now are a top 5 team. You're you're sticking with that even even after week 1. I know that they beat the Bucks and like their defense looked good and stuff, but for me the way Breeze looked, it's it's hard for me to to throw them in in the top 5 category. Yeah, for me it's not necessarily um that I think the Saints are just like, you
1: know, Goliath out here. I think it's that there's a lack of good football teams. Um, and there was last year too. I mean, the Raiders what were they were still alive for a playoff position in the last week of the season. They had a slim, slim chance, you know. And they were what seven and nine to end the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. especially in the AFC, you know, and, and like the NFC, you have teams like who are the teams going into this year that were supposed to be juggernauts? Minnesota, they got killed. Um, you mm-hmm. know, New, New Orleans and Tampa. Somebody in that division is going to run away with it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like you have a bunch of teams that just without a preseason and everything it's just hard to know who's going to be the juggernauts besides Kansas City obviously like yeah. you, you know like who who looked last week like they're unbeatable you know one team Kansas City Kansas City yep yep yeah and then like you have like you know the the Steelers you know Big Ben's back their defense is top 5 so i think the reason i've had the saints there is their defense is is in my opinion a top 5 defense so um you have a team that has um you know, we kind of skipped over it, but this is like um, we're going to preview, you know, what the Saints bring. And you have a team with a veteran quarterback that's not going to make a ton of mistakes. Um, and you have a defense that's probably top five. So they're going to put them in positions to win. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Michael Thomas is out. That's my, the next segment I was going to get to. But, yep. um, you know, um, the, the Raiders have a really tough matchup coming up. So uh, what I wanted to get at was, um, you know, there are some key injuries on both sides. So um, I know that we have uh, Nick Kwiatowski. Um He is uh, – has I think he has a strained pack. They haven't announced it yet.
0: Yeah, so uh, w- with Witowski Ruggs, and Trent Brown were the three for the Raiders that missed practice on Friday. But overall, there were 12 Raiders players on the report.
1: Right, yeah. And then I think Henry Ruggs I mean, immediately after the game said, I'm fine. That's a quote from him. Yeah, So and I, he, I he have, even
0: came out after – when he went to the tunnel and came back, he came back to the field and played in the game after that. Yeah. So I have a hard time
1: thinking Ruggs is going to miss Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kwiatkowski, I think, is going to miss one game um, or two. I, I, I do. And I think, I think uh, you're going to see a little bit of Moro and a little bit of uh, McMillan in there. Mm -hmm. and then um you have trent brown and i don't even i really don't even want to get into it because we don't have enough time we don't have (laughs) enough
0: time that could be a whole episode and it's yeah
1: i mean we'll do one tomorrow (laughs) like i think you know trent brown i've been reading his comments on like instagram and stuff and i'm just like you know what if the guy's if he's gonna miss the game because of his calf or his mental health because the raider fans are they're blowing him up and one thing I want to say is like, don't at players don't, you know, insult players. Like, you know, even though they make millions of dollars, you know, I've, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I've been on, you know, pissed off and drinking and we're losing by three touchdowns. And I, you know, this guy, you suck. And your family sucks, you know, when I was 14 years old, but grow Mm -hmm. up, you know I mean? Like Trent Brown, is not going to go on Instagram and read your comment, uh, Phil three six five four six twelve, like and say, okay, I'm going to play on Sunday because <laughs> this guy with nineteen letters in his in his uh, nineteen numbers in his name wants me to play.
0: I, I think to a little caveat on that too is I've, vent, I've vented many times before on Twitter about players and things like of that nature, but there's a big difference between adding the guy on Twitter so he you know he's going to see it or there's a strong possibility of it or just tweeting about the player cuz then the guy's going to have to go out of his way in keyword yeah. searches which we've definitely seen players do that in the past um, I've actually so- had
1: some I've had agents like be like hey this isn't happening like I'm like dude I'm ge- <laughs> I'm I'm guessing I have no idea like I don't have I'm not I'm not telling you I know what's happening like yeah. you know like do I need to know something <laughs> like I'm just kidding so um you know, to, to you know, take the next uh, step into the Saints matchup, you know, it's nice to be 1-0. Uh, I put another thing I uh, posted today was, you know, the Raiders haven't been, they've been 2-0 one time. Uh, Chris, I don't know how old you are because uh, I'm 28 years old. So I, uh, I've seen the Raiders win like six times, you know, and, uh, and yeah. really both of us can probably say 2016 is really the only time that we really appreciated it, you know, yeah. because yeah, i I'll be 25, age, you know? Yeah,
0: I'll be so, 25 next month. And so the only time I, I can really recall the Raiders actually is like a threat on Sundays of like, hey, they actually have a chance of winning was the, the little stretch of two years where they went eight and eight between Carson Palmer, Jason Campbell and Bruce Gradkowski.
1: Right. So what I posted was, you know, they've been two and oh once in the last uh, basically 20 years. And um, so I want, you know, I, I don't care who you beat. I don't care how you do it it's just win baby you know if they mm-hmm. win yeah. if they win the That's first two games is. and they're ugly you know like the the panthers game you know everyone thinks it's kind of ugly right and they won uh, but you know like i saw mike florio i'm not going to you <laughs> know i'm not going to say what i really feel about that guy but he uh, he posted <laughs> we'll keep something it PG. <laughs> yeah he posted something in his article that said uh you know the raiders uh they won but it sure didn't feel like they won you know what dude it sure felt like it to me, you old asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my only cussing I'm going to do in this podcast for the. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I mean, come on, dude. Like, it felt, you know what? We've won, what, you know, four games 10 times in my life. Like, I'm going to appreciate every single win that they have. You know? Yeah, if they've so. got
0: more points than the opponent when the clock strikes zeros, that's a win. A win is a exactly. win. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So what I'm getting at, man, is like, you know, it's an important game for the Raiders and the fan base because a 2-0 start in that stadium with the schedule that they have, it's real tough. And, um, you know, um, they play, uh, you know, the Patriots next week and then the Bills and they have like, you know, they have just four or five games that are just, you know, vicious. So uh, this week's important. And uh, what do you think, in your opinion, uh, are the key matchups for the Raiders to be able to take this win, Uh, you know, you know, what yeah, so, play, player versus player or, you know, mm-hmm. position so group versus position group. You
0: know. I took, I took down, I wrote down three that, <clears throat> that stood out to me. The first being uh, Cam Jordan along the, the D line for the Saints. How is that matchup going to look between the tackles? I, I have complete faith that Colt Miller will be able to hold up well against him, but kind of curious what the other side of the line is going to look like on the right side. And whether hopefully it's, or not. hopefully
1: it's looking good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> good one. <laughs> um, and that—that's where I'm a little nervous is because I'm—I'm curious to see where the Saints put him on the line, especially if Trent Brown doesn't suit up. Are they? Because if I'm run, if I'm Dennis Allen, and, and I really want to get back at my former employers, I'm going to line up Cam Jordan on the worst possible alignment that's out there and try to just manhandle him all game. So,
1: I'm curious yeah. to see
0: how that that dynamic works out during the game. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote down also, like, uh, I, I wrote the tackles versus Cam Jordan Davenport, but I know Davenport was not practicing today. So mm-hmm. that might not be, you know, that might help the Raiders, actually, to where they can kind of, you know, wherever...
0: Uh, yeah, you can Cam focus Jordan- on those those kinda, double
1: teams. You're not going yeah, you to be chip, worried about, you know, yeah. there, you know, put a chip there, you know, put a tight end there, you know. Watch out, Raider fans are going to be pissed, but Jason Witten is going to get a lot of snaps on Monday. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, Witten so was people-
1: actually out-snapped uh, Foster Moreau this weekend, but mm-hmm. Jason Witt looked great. I saw a couple of video breakdowns on uh, Henry Ruggs's reverse where he couldn't get out to the corner, but he's a superior blocker, and mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders are going to use him a lot on Monday.
0: So. Yeah, I actually had him not making the team on my 53-man roster prediction, and that was one of the things I broke down was even though Moreau missed five games, I think it was due to injury or three games, whatever it was, Moreau looked great as a rookie so I the way I looked at it was Waller had 90 catches last year Moreau looked great Witten is going to have to cut into one of their their like time that they get on the field and obviously that's going to be Moreau not Waller and that was evident in week one and like he said it's almost like he's an extension of that offensive line who can go out and catch the occasional pass
1: yep I agree with you 100 percent and um to you know Step off of that a little bit. I uh, I wrote down, you know, uh, Darren Waller and the tight end group versus the Saints linebackers and safeties because, um, you know, I think the Saints have, um, you know, a pretty decent quarterback group. You know, they have Janoris Jenkins, a veteran there, um, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, so, you know, you have you're going to have to exploit those matchups there to get some points on the board against that defense. And uh, Waller, Moreau. Witten, you know, I don't know how many times they're going to send Witten out on routes. Um, I think I read on Pro Football uh, Focus that, they're, that he went out for four routes on mm-hmm. Sunday. So I don't expect them to use him a whole lot in the passing game. But uh, I would say if he has a chance, it's going to be this week to get, get on the board there. The linebacker core, if the Saints have a weakness, I think might be the weakness on their defense. But, uh, you know, that angle route that Jacobs ran a couple times on mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, things like that, you know, just to, I kind to of go to on those. Madden for me. <laughs> yeah, it's my play. It's like the one play I run. So it's like either hit the angle route or, you know, hit Henry, <laughs> hit Henry Ruggs 15 yards downfield. So I'll take either <laughs> one. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, the Raiders, you know, the matchups are going to be key the individual matchups. And then uh, did you have any other matchups there that you were focusing on that you yeah, think might, so, might help so- them win that game?
0: Yeah, for me, it's it's looking at what's going to happen in the secondary, both for the DBs and safeties on the Raiders, as well as Littleton. He's going to, in all likelihood, be having to deal with Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara, who they were the leading pass catchers for the Saints last week, given that uh, Thomas was hurt. Cook had five uh, catches, seven targets, 80 yards. Kamara had five catches on eight targets for 51 yards, had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. So I think Littleton is going to be kept busy all day long, having to worry about where those guys are at. And then on top of that, again, even though there's no Thomas, I want to see how Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen are going to fare against Emmanuel Sanders. And how, how is that dynamic going to play? Because I, I wrote I, my recent article, I break down the quarterbacks coming into this game. And even without Thomas, I think Breeze is going to really be targeting these rookies early and often.
1: No, yeah, I agree. And it's it's something that, you know, the Raiders – have struggled for years is you know not getting pressure on the quarterback and that's going to play a key thing in it too and you know breeze if he has time back there it doesn't matter who he's throwing to he's going to pick on those rookies and uh Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know molin's a second year guy and i i I think he's a great player he uses his hands like extremely well and he's shown he showed last week that he's going to be the raiders number one corner and there's really no question about it Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's up to him to come out and don't let the veteran, you know, make a fool of them. So I think that the, you know, it's going to be a a little bit better if Thomas isn't in there, but like you said, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Like if I'm Vegas, I'm not changing the line at all. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, Kamara and Murray in the backfield, you know, you got to worry about it a little bit, but the one thing I'm kind of confident in is the Raiders the last couple of years, just the run defense has not been very, like, has not been bad. And mm-hmm. they've done a good job of like you know I thought they played McCaffrey extremely well. I, on Sunday. They played him,
0: yeah. It, well, I mean, there yeah, was you you a, a few little pops, years, you know. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you keep a guy like that reined in. It's it's going to work. And yeah, it, and it was they they were focusing on him, but they weren't mm-hmm. like yeah they
1: weren't giving up the big plays in the passing game either. It was kind of like Bridgewater was just making quick decisions and he was dinking and dunking his way downfield. Yeah, and, and so if the defense plays like
0: that with Breeze, he will he'll pick them apart you know, dinking, dunking down the field. And that's but, what Breeze did a lot. Even though his stat line wasn't that good against the Bucks, 18 of 30 for a buck 60, he threw 10 passes at or behind the line of scrimmage, only took seven shots beyond 10 yards, only completing two of them. So I, that's the the strategy I'm fully expecting Breeze to take is dink and dunk and pick them apart. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. And the Raiders, you know, they're, I mean, I've watched games, you know, for the last four years where it's just, you know, every little five yard pass is just, you know, it's tearing you apart. But I think that the, something that I was kind of watching this week uh, when I was watching other games was, you know, you have like a bend and break, you have a bend, don't break defense. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's the way Paul Gunther plays. And uh, it's where he, you know, he likes to keep the ball in front of him. Doesn't give up the 50 yard bombs very often, which we have. And that's why the defense hasn't worked, but Mm -hmm. you can't have a bend and break defense. So, i'm looking for an improvement from the raiders on the on the on you know when the opponents are in the positive side of the field so when they get to the midfield you know tighten up you know and you know blitz a little more you know things like that you know mm-hmm. put some pressure on breeze because they have a bend they they want to run a bend don't break defense and they you know they they want to keep the ball in front of them and not give up the 15 20 25 yard plays but you can't give up seven, 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 yep. seven, six, yeah, seven. I think it's I, just I saw work. a
0: stat. I'm not sure if it w- was from Josh Dubow or Dubow. I don't know how to say his last name with the AP. He's always kind of putting out the. I love following him. He's a great follow. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if it was him. I know he's always putting out the, the somewhat <laughs> negative re- related Raider tweets but it was about the Raiders and their lack of blitzing in week one. And I believe they were either last or second to last in terms of like percentage of snaps that were blitzed. So when when you have, I I read that too, but I I saw that
1: I saw four, I saw four like that were like very easy to the eye that, okay, they're blitzing right now.
0: Yeah. And I I would like to see them blitz a little bit more to create some more pressure and get some chaos in the backfield. Well, they blitzed Littleton one time and he
1: like should have had a sack. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they had the over (laughs) pursuit and, you know, I was, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the Raiders, you know, weaknesses on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to bash any single player because it's been kind of a rough couple of years for the defense, but LaMarcus Joyner was not a good player last year. And I think if you asked him, he would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, the one thing that I think he does well is he blitzes well out of that slot corner position. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him get involved in that as well. And, you know, but somebody pointed out on Twitter when I said, you know, you got a blitz this weekend is that breeze is the best passer in the league when it comes to uh, throwing against a blitz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, you know, you want to be careful and you want to, you want to time it kind of right, you know, and uh, you know, do it when you're in the red zone, when they're in the red zone, where it's like, okay, they're probably going to score here, but like an 11 yard sack would be phenomenal right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you take, take a risk. You know, just like you're throwing a deep ball, you know, take a risk here. You might not get it, but, you know, what's going to happen? Oh, they scored like they were going to score anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of pick your spot, you know, and I think they'll do okay. Um, what do you, So kind of just to step off of that a little bit, uh, Chris, I know we're getting close to ending time here, but uh, – mm-hmm. You know, who do you think is the most important player on that Raiders defense to like, you know, if they're going to have a good year, a good game, like who do you think needs to perform and who do you think is going to anchor that defense down?
0: I have, I have written down Arnett slash Mullen because I think it's kind of one in the same is you're going to need plays from the secondary and it's such a young unit. We, we saw last year Farrell kind of came on at the end of the year a little bit. Crosby was great with his 10 sacks. So I'm expecting to get that production from them because we've seen it, but this, this secondary, again, like I said, as you're so young, you, you, you effectively have Abram, who's also a rookie back there. And if the secondary can play well, specifically the cornerbacks, then I think that's going to just, it's going to bode well for the team in in its entirety because then they're going to have to run the ball more. They're not just going to know, Hey, we can air it out on the Raiders because Hey, they don't got anyone who can cover. So defensively, I I have it as the the two starting cornerbacks. Okay. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I broke down, um, Nick Kwiatowski.
1: I don't know how to say his last name. I I think think it's Witowski. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. I said it four different times today. We'll figure it out next episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, when he, you saw like when he went down, uh, that the defense, just like the whole defense changed. Um, I think he's like, he played very well for the bears. I I went back and watched, you know, some all 22 on him and, um, it's, he's an important part of that defense and it's kind of like, you know, Paul Gunther, here you go. You finally have linebackers. We, you know, we didn't neglect it and then, okay, now he's out. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a cop-out answer for me is, you know, the guy who got hurt and we played worse, you know, but I think that, you know, <laughs> no,
0: it's he, true though. The, I think that the he stats played back it, it up.
1: Yeah. I think that like, you know, the moment he went down, you know, it's just like, okay, now we can't stop anybody, <laughs> you know? So um, and then, you know, what about on the offense side of the ball? I know the easy answer is always the quarterback, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say besides Derek Carr on that <laughs> offense.
0: Um, and it's almost you know, like you were in my room when I was making my notes. Cause I wrote, <laughs> Derek. I think, I'll, I think I'll give you my answer
1: first. Okay. Cause Go I've, for been, it. I've been thinking about it all, you know, since I was eating dinner with the wife and she's looking at me all pissed off cause I have not paying attention to what she's saying. I'm thinking <laughs> about Raiders football. So I said, you know, uh, Hey, babe, what do you think about Henry Ruggs? You know, she like She says, you know, who the hell is Henry Ruggs?
0: <laughs> so
1: she did say she wants a Raider jersey. Yeah, hey, I saw
0: that on Twitter. That's a start. So, That's a start. So, so at least she's trying. <laughs>
1: so I said, uh, okay, so in my opinion, the same thing happened to the defense that happened to the offense, where Ruggs went down, and you can see the game plan just completely changed. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what Garud is thinking, because nobody does. But he... Clearly he was just so excited to have Henry Ruggs in that offense because two plays in, he's like, here we go, fifty yard bomb down the field. Okay. (laughs) Then the next drive, here we go, 40 yard bomb down the field. And and, little screens. And the one thing that made me nervous was, you know, we didn't we didn't know people said, you know, this is a bad pick. I mean, you know, you heard that everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is a bad pick because Derek Carr can't throw deep. And John Gruden isn't creative and he's old school, right? So, you know what John Gruden did? He used Henry Ruggs in motion and he used him as a decoy and he used him as a read option, you know, and that offense is built around Henry Ruggs just like it was supposed to be built around Antonio Brown. Sorry to say his name, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: that's the way that the offense was supposed to look last year was you were going to have Antonio Brown distracting. Like when Henry Ruggs is on the field, um, I can't remember who it was but I think it was uh BD Williams on Twitter. Um, he does a very good job on his video breakdowns if anybody ever wants to check him out. But uh he showed the you know the rugs effect, you know, where he runs in motion and four players, not two, not one, four players follow him. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, Hunter Renfro's wide open on the other side of the field, you know, and so I think that Henry Rugs is going to play just a major factor in this offense. And the fact that, you know, we're questioning if he's going to play Monday night scares me because that's the difference from last year to this year is they have a guy that scares the defense and they didn't have that last year. And then you end up focusing too much on one guy like Darren Waller, who had a wonderful year and he's probably going to have a great year this year, but you can't funnel your offense through one guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to have another guy who, even when he's not making a play and that's where, that's where I was getting at with my point even when he's not making a play, he is still, in a way, making a play. He It's almost like an assist, you know. Okay, yeah. Henry Ruggs took the safety, so here's Darren Waller, 23 yards downfield, wide open. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. So, so that's my my vote for that. And you don't have to go, go too far into it, but, I, I you know, since I took your, <laughs> your guy off the board, Derek Carr. No, but, you're good,
0: uh, you're good. Uh, well, since Carr's off the board, uh, I would have to go with Joshua Jacobs or Josh Jacobs just because – Obviously, he's not going to, you know, put up three touchdowns every single week. Um, That would be nice. But if he can have a positive impact in some way, shape, or form week to week, I think that's really going to help this team move forward in terms of winning games. Because when you look at someone, for instance, the running back for the Saints, uh, in week one, he was effectively useless as a running back. 16 yards on 12 carries, except he found a way to still impact the game on those 12 carries he found the end zone once on a goal line goal line touch and then he affected the game as a pass catcher catching five passes for 50 yards and a touchdown so he found a way to still put his fingerprint on the game and say look they wouldn't have won this game or it would have been significantly different if I wasn't on the field so I think if, if Jacobs could continue to to find a way it seems like any game he's played in in his young career he's got his fingerprints on it in some way shape or form and I think with that, when you have a guy like as talented as he is doing that, it's gonna take a bunch of weight off of Derek Carr. So there we go. I was able to get my boy Carr in there as well as Josh Jacobs.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I agree 100. I agree uh, I I read the other day actually I I wrote it. I just did you know the box scores, but you know Jacob when Jacob scores a touchdown, the Raiders are five and zero in Jacob's career. So mm-hmm. uh, get that guy in the end zone. That's what I gotta say. So I think that that's a good answer. And, you know, I would – I think that, you know, the negatives that you had for Jacobs last year, if you agree with me, is, you know, if the Raiders – I don't think it was a Jacobs problem as much as it was, like, they didn't use him in the passing game.
0: Yeah, that I, and, every single week I would be looking at my dad's hand, why are they not throwing this guy the ball?
1: And he made two plays on Sunday that made me super excited for the season and, like, super excited to have him on, on fantasy because he's not going to be off the field a lot. And I'm like, you know – he ran that angle route, which we already talked about, which was a beautiful route. And it's like, okay, cool. There's, there's three and a half PPR points. And, and then, uh, you know, he made a couple really good blocks as a pass blocker, which was another negative that Gruden talked about last year was, you know, he wasn't great in pass protection. And that's what the Raiders really value in running backs. And that's why Mm -hmm. Devontae Booker's on the team. And that's why Jalen Richard's on the team. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, that's why Lynn Bowden's not on the team. So So, uh, real
0: quick, before we move on to the next topic, though, because we talked about offense, we talked about defense, we can't do special teams dirty. And so I got to say, I got to say, it's pretty much comes down to your three specialists, Trent Sieg, Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole, and I penciled in Daniel Carlson. The dude was spectacular week one, AFC special teams player of the week. Shout out Daniel Carlson. So if he can keep up that level of consistency throughout the year, that's going to be awesome. He'll be a pro bowler, no doubt. I agree with you. I was very nervous when he came out for the
1: 54 yarder. Uh, that was when my beer run to the fridge. I was like, you know, I'm not going to watch this. I can't watch. <laughs> I, I get too nervous, man. My friends, will, my friends will tell you, they're like, you know, this guy can't, you can't watch a football game with this guy. Cause he just paces back and forth and he's, you know? So uh, when he came out to kick that 54 yarder, I was like, man, Gruden, I don't know, man, like it, it they're going to, they're going to give him great field position and you know, he nailed it. So uh, that's been a negative for them, you know, they seem like they're kind of bouncing back and forth on punters kickers. And it seems like they might have their battery. Now they have, you mm-hmm. know, Carlson and Cole and Cole, Cole was impressive. You know, he gets good hang time on his punts and, you know, we had a punter, you know, that I don't want to speak of right now, but uh, you know, he was so bad <laughs> uh, in Gruden's first year there, you know, he drafted a fourth round punter that just could not kick a football oh, and I've never seen anything like it. So it's nice to have some special teamers that are succeeding a little bit like, and you know, uh, Another, just before we bounce on to the, the final segment here, uh, you know, I want to say that the special teams was it, in my article that I wrote for uh, Silver Black today was, uh, you know, it was okay. Uh, the coverage units weren't great, but, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro really salvaged a, a, mm-hmm. a pretty bad day on special teams besides Carlson uh, with a couple really good returns. And if they can get some, get some 15, 20 yard returns from him, you know, they're not going to get, like, you know, a touchdown every game or, or anything, you know, because yeah, he's not and,
0: super explosive. But if they can get 15, 20 yards every once in a while. While we're st- on this topic real quick, I just got to say, because I don't know if, if my dad and I were the only ones that were confused or befuddled by this, but what was with the the strategy the Raiders had on special teams as far as kickoff coverage? Because I felt like they, they had done this in years past with Janikowski where it's it's almost like a squib, but not entirely to where they, like, squib it from like the you know 15 yard line or so and it kind of bounces to the return I felt like that just was allowing Carolina the easiest of field position I was figuring either boot it out of the end zone or just well yeah it, normal. it eliminates your hang time so your guys don't really have time to get down
1: the field that's what yeah. I, I, I noticed that and I think the idea of it is to like you know where it doesn't quite make it to the end zone and like you know that you end up pinning them back inside the twenty but it backfired. And I think later on in the game, he started booting it out of the end zone finally. And yeah. you're like, you know, thank, thank goodness. Cause it was, yeah, it was kind of rough there in the first couple, I think uh, Carolina started their first two drives like at the, at the 37 and the 45, yeah, beyond the 30. you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, you, you can't have that. And that's one of the things the Raiders really struggled at last year was they didn't start their drives in good field position and they didn't, uh, you know, the opponents started their drive in good field position. So, if you're traveling 80 yards every time you have to score and your opponent's traveling 50, you're not going to win very many football games. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll see, man. I think it's, again, special teams is probably the one thing. Like, obviously, offense and defense are difficult, but like, special teams is like the one thing where these guys don't get reps like during the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, a lot
1: of those guys, they play special teams only. Like, uh, Jeff Heath played four defensive snaps, but he played on special teams as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so with no preseason, you know those guys just you know they're not getting they're not you know they're rusty and it's so we'll see if it improves week to week and that's kind of what I'm looking at this season as is like a week-to-week league so if they uh it always is but I think it's even more to an extent this year like no preseason so like today this this is the second live action Derek Carr is going to see on Monday Mm -hmm. so I think that with special teams offense defense you know you need to we need to really be patient and, you know, especially cause they're just such a young group. So, um, I guess, uh, where we can get to the end here and, uh, what's your prediction <laughs> for Monday night, uh,
0: Chris, and what's your prediction for the season? So as far as Monday night goes, I actually have the Raiders winning. I think it's going to be a close one. Raiders winning 31, 28 off of the leg of Daniel Carlson. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have it
1: as, <sighs> <laughs> I've I wrote down on, I, I said earlier, I think the Raiders are going to win on Twitter Um, with the injury report and everything. I'm going, I, I'm going to be very happy if this is, if the outcome, like I'm going to be happy with it. Uh, I'm going 31, uh, 24 saints on a late Drew Brees drive. Okay. And uh, for the season, I'm sticking with my nine and seven. Um, I think that the Raiders are going to lose this week. And they're going to come back and win next week against the Patriots. That's my bold prediction. So
0: I, I think uh, Raiders go. I'll go one up on that. I think they go ten and six. And if the defense can really pick things up and start to just play consistent, that, that's what I want to see. Is just a, a sense of consistency throughout the year, not this up and down week to week. What are we going to get? If they can get consistency, I would say their ceiling is twelve. But for the most part, I am saying they go t- they go ten and six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see a ceiling of 12 as well, but see like the with every other team in the NFL too, just with, you know, not really being able to see anybody and mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, it's, it's been a weird year, especially in sports. And I think for me, it's like the Raiders, if they won six games, I wouldn't be surprised. But if they won 12 yeah. games, I
0: still wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, it's I think, just yeah, it's like so weird. Ceiling, like, I just don't know, you know, and, the ceiling uh, is 12 and I would honestly say the floor is like five,
1: yeah, and most years I've been I've been pretty accurate on what I think. Like I'm like okay, like with the like the year they went twelve and four, I was like I think they're going to go ten and six, and like they obviously exceeded my expectations.
0: Yeah, but won a lot like, of nail
1: biters. <laughs> yeah, and I and I, for the most part I'm pretty spot on. But this year it's like I I almost didn't even want to make a record prediction just because you know there's just no way to know.
0: It really is. There's no, isn't. There's no you know a prediction no, off of nothing. It's your gut, really. It's not you can't base it off of anything.
1: So I mean, overall. Um, you know, to recap, I, I was pretty happy with Sunday. And uh, I thought that the Raiders, you know, for a young team, and G- Gannon said it a couple times, and you can say what you want about his announcing, Rich Gannon it does not sugarcoat shit with the Raiders. Like no, not he, at all. He he is 100% completely, like, unbiased towards the Raiders. And sometimes he's even kind of, like, too harsh on them. And I thought on, on Sunday he pointed out a couple times that both teams – played pretty flawless football for most of that game the, mm-hmm. and the, the Panthers you know they played they executed very well they're a very well coached team I think their and, biggest mistake was not handing it off to McCaffrey at the end <laughs> dude I, I couldn't believe that I'm like you know <laughs> like you uh, you don't put the, if you lose with your best player then you lose with your best player that's how I look at it like okay yeah. the Raiders got the it, the Raiders did it a couple times last year where they have like you know fourth and one and they run the same fullback dive every time and angle gets stuffed or whatever Mm -hmm. and they the raiders actually had the worst um you know inside the five they i think they had five times they they came out without scoring yep but you know like if you're at the four yard line hand the ball off to josh jacobs if you're at the four yard line hand the ball off to christian mccaffrey like i am handing the ball to my best player no matter what absolutely So i'm with you i was thinking about that too it's like you know you can't you can't have the you know almost MVP running back and hand it to a fullback that just falls forward, you know? So I think the Raiders really did dodge a bullet there. Um, and I will gladly take it like we talked about, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the last thing I'm going to touch on is I think that, you know, you have a young squad here and I think we can all agree that we just want to see them improve week to week. And uh, Mayock has done a great job. There's been some head scratchers, like, you know, we can do another episode on like recapping free agency and recapping the draft And uh, but, you know, even with the head scratchers, you know, Mayock has done a good job of building a culture here. And Mm -hmm. it looks like the guys are having fun and it looks like they're enjoying football. And, you know, we've seen years, Chris, you remember, like where the Raiders, they just don't even look like they care out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's nice to see, you know, a guy like Jonathan Abram running around there like he, you know, this is his team. And, you know what, you know, this is his franchise and he's going to lead them to the promised land. You know, we haven't had I, I don't think we've had that since Woodson came back for his second stint, you know, and he was, you know, and he, he wasn't Woodson anymore. He, you know, he, he was a good, he was our best player, which was, was a sad indication of where we were at. (laughs) So um, any final thoughts for you coming up on the season on the week? And um, if not, Chris, we'll end it and we'll, uh, we'll come back. Me and Chris will be recording every Friday um, and dropping a podcast for you guys every Saturday.
0: Well, uh, before we officially wrap things up. We got to get to our question of the episode, and oh yeah, this <laughs> week's question. I, I another one. I'm slipping. I got to write these things down on who I saw you respond to on the tweet. Unless you, you may have been the one who tweeted it. I oh no, know. that's my that's my boy, Glenn, man. Glenn, so okay, yeah, Glenn yeah, yeah. Rockney, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so shout out to Glenn. Which Raiders player would you want to have a beer with? Now I got a, a question to the question. Is there were some bad answers on there. Is man. that like a I, is that someone on the roster right now or are we dipping back? Are we are we going back in time on So this? his question, we're gonna me and you are
1: gonna ha- we're we're gonna actually go a little further, folks, for the first episode. So you're welcome. <laughs> um I sent the I sent the wife to bed so I can stay up a little later. So um <laughs> so okay. His question was the current raiders, which I'm like, okay. I thought about it for a while and I'm like, man, we there's only a few. Like we kind of have a boring team, which is good because <laughs> if <it> was the- <laughs> Because if Antonio Brown was here, he'd be the answer, but that you don't want him to be the answer. So, current Raiders coach or player you'd like to have a beer with? And my answer was, I mean, that's the easiest question I've ever heard. It's John Gruden. If you don't answer John Gruden, you're answering wrong.
0: I, I'm with you on that one. The and, only thing with me, though, like I told you when we were texting about this was, I'm allergic to alcohol. So, you know, I'll sit with Gruden. He can, en- he can enjoy his beer and I'll take a nice cold can of Mountain Dew for all I care. <laughs> I think when you saw, when you met me at the Kings game, I think I
1: was being <laughs> allergic to alcohol that night. <laughs> so, but I think, um, you know, like there's a few answers that are cool, but like one dude put like, you know, Darren Waller and I'm like, dude, t- come
0: on. Yeah. Come back. That's like, not cool. d- delete
1: that, you know? And there. then, uh, yeah, like I'm, Dar- I watched a documentary on Darren Waller the other day, and I'm like, that's like one of the most impressive guys. Oh, yeah. I saw his, to his yeah.
0: interview with Will Compton. Um, that's,
1: yeah. That's what I was talking Not a documentary, but like an interview. Yeah. yeah. And, and no then, free uh, shout outs,
0: Will. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. You're not a raider anymore, man. Yeah. I, right.
0: He's a Titan. Get out of he, here. He, he, he played pretty
1: well the other day. He did good, but dude. If we, uh, if we went to the, uh, you know former Raiders, it, it starts to get pretty easy. I, You're easily like going. okay, I feel like are they Kenny are they Stabler. alive? Yeah, yeah are they Stabler alive? Is, then Stabler, mm. you know, he's not obviously <laughs> not, but I'm like, if they have to, if it could be anybody, it's Stabler, you know. And then, dude, like you know Al Davis, like you know, I'd sit oh, down yeah. and have, a, I'd sit down and have a conversation with him. I'd like to talk to him about his son's haircut <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. Right, dude. I don't, you know, people people like to mock my guy. But I like Mark Davis, dude. <laughs> that guy, he has for somebody that doesn't have the like the most swag in the world, like he pulls it off. Like you know, you're like, okay, this is like he's the least swaggy guy,
0: dude. He it's confidence, man. The confidence is everything.
1: Yeah, and like you know, he got what he wanted, man. He got this franchise a new stadium. You know, he got his man in Gruden. Like he's got it going in the right direction. And you know, quite frankly, he did a lot of things that you know Al Davis couldn't do towards the end of his career. So uh, I I would like to have a beer with with Mark Davis actually. Let's do that, you know. But somebody also said that Mark I don't think Mark Davis drinks or something is what I read. Oh. So, I don't know. Who
0: knows again, after dealing not, with this franchise his whole life, the man doesn't drink. Wow. Also, I would that's what I was saying, man. And so <laughs> I don't know who's the player
1: the least <laughs> that you would least want to have a drink with and I was like, you know, I don't want to bash my guy again, but I don't know if I'd want to sit down and have a beer with Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know what? Um uh, who would you not want to have a beer with? That is I saw somebody said that on there and I
1: saw somebody put like I would I would want to have a beer with Richie Incognito, but I wouldn't want to have too many beers with Richie
0: Incognito. <laughs> uh, I thought that uh, you was I thought that was if, a pretty yeah, good if we're answer. going current roster, I, w- I would go incognito for sure. He, he seems like nothing but a good time. Sometimes yeah, he, that, he, he yeah. might go a little yeah. too far, which kind of starting to sound a lot <laughs> like your co-host Matt Fallon here. So. <laughs> uh, I he, think that's a great way to put a bow on episode one.
1: <laughs> yep. So me and Chris will be back with you guys uh, next week after the Raiders beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, hopefully. Um and uh, if you have any questions, uh, we'll, we'll do a mailbag on Thursday. Uh, shoot your questions our way. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Spider 2Y Banana podcast. They say no, don't listen. Make your path, find your vision. Don't follow them, be different. It's your life, go and live it. They said no, we
0: didn't listen. Now they hate the way we live in can't stop now, won't give in, I make my own decisions.